We want to welcome you to the United Student Worship Podcast. Because of the coronavirus, we have moved worship online. We want to invite you to join us each Sunday night as we stream United online at 7 p.m. at beachchurchjacks.com. Although we can't be in the same room together, we still have the same God and are in His presence wherever we go. We hope that the following message will point you to Jesus. We love you and are praying for you. Hey guys, welcome to United Online. My name is Ryan, and we are in week three of a series called One on One. And the whole point of this series is to help you guys understand how to spend time one-on-one with God. And the whole premise of this series is that the foundation of our relationship with Jesus needs to be one-on-one time with Him. Uh, We've seen in the quarantine that we can't always depend on other people or on church organizations or on events, that we need to have that foundation of a relationship with Jesus, one-on-one time spent with Jesus. And so we didn't want to just talk about it and tell you, do a Devo, do a quiet time, do a devotional, spend one-on-one time with him. We wanted to tell you how to do it. And so that's what this series is all about. And we've been focusing especially on the Bible because that's one of the best ways that we can spend time with God. And that's the primary way that God speaks to us. And so the first two weeks, we talked about what the Bible is, and we talked about um, some of the main questions we get about the Bible, which is, where do I start? How do I do it? Like, how do I read it? What do I do once I've read it? And then what do I do when I don't understand it? So we talked about that last week. And this week, I wanted to bring in a former student and a current student to talk to you guys about how they spend time with God. And that's why they've been sitting here silent for the last two minutes as I introed. But now I'm going to introduce them. This is Kylie. She is a former student with us. And then this is Caleb, and he's a current student with us. And I'm going to have each of them share a little bit about themselves. So we'll start with Caleb. Uh, My name is Caleb. I am going to be a senior next year at Fletcher High School. My name is Kylie. I'll be a junior in college at Florida State, and I'm 20 years old. How old are you, Caleb? 17. So young. And I'm 33, which is why I needed to bring younger people on to talk to you about spending time with God. So um, that's why they're here. They're going to share with you from a student's perspective or a very recent student's perspective about spending one-on-one time with God. So let's just start here. Why do you spend one-on-one time with God and how does it help you? Um, I spend one-on-one time with God mainly to grow my relationship with Him because like all of the relationships, if you don't spend time with Him, then you're not going to be able to grow that relationship. And on top of that, it helps me to see him move throughout my daily life. I 100% agree with Caleb's points. Uh, I also spend really spend relationship. I spend time with God to grow in my relationship with him because like a friendship with anyone, when you want to get to know someone better and when you want to spend time with them, that's what you do is you talk to them, you get to know them as best as you can and to um, change my mindset throughout the day by starting it with the word and having that be how I see my day-to-day life. Yeah, ultimately, that one-on-one time with God changes us and and helps us understand God more and grow closer to Him. And it changes the way we live our lives. It changes our mindsets and our our attitudes and our perspective. Um, When did you start becoming consistent uh, with God? And how how did it start? Like, when did you start doing it? What did it look like? And kind of where did it go from there? 
Um, so for me, I kind of started in middle school on and off with my quiet time not super consistently. And it had a lot to do with reading the different passages that like you would send out on the Instagram after your sermon. But I wouldn't really get much out of it because I was just thinking, oh, if I read this now, that's my quiet time. I don't really have to do anything else with it. But then once I got into high school, I started being a lot more consistent with my quiet time and thinking a lot more about what the purpose of it was and trying to get more out of it. And so I would um, <clears throat> sit in my room at night and journal a lot more and just kind of think about, okay, what does this, this say about my life and how can I apply it in my day-to-day life? So I wasn't an early bloomer in the devotional aspect, and I didn't start in middle school, even though I was in student ministry since like second grade when I went to Promised Land. Um, but my relationship with God started to grow when I was volunteering in Promised Land in sixth and seventh grade because I was telling these kids Bible stories, and I wanted to know more about what they were coming from and how I could learn so I could best teach these kids because I was only a couple years older than them. And then as I read more in the Bible, I wanted to get to know more. And um, after going on mission trips to like Albany and Jamaica, it just showed me how the uh, importance of consistency and when you're reading your Bible and like how that can benefit you. So then when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school, that's exactly what I wanted to do. But I wasn't a morning per- like morning person and getting up at 6.30 in the morning to then do my devotional wasn't the most ideal situation for me. And um, I started to use a devotional book, which was recommended by, I think, Courtney Stallman or someone in the church, just to start your day with something. And if you wanted to pursue more after the fact, you could, but it would give you a short passage and a Bible verse to help you understand the material because the Bible is such a massive thing, just something to like get me started. And that's where I started to become consistent and wanted to invest more time on my own. Yeah. And I think that um, for me, like I never did quiet times in middle school. I did it every once in a while in high school, and I got a lot more consistent once I got into college and later. Um, but the earlier you, you can start and the more consistent you can be, the, the the more it will become like a habit and a part of your life. And so there is no too early to start. And I know sometimes when we're in middle school, we're like, oh, I'll do that later. But th- when, in, when anything's important, we want to start it as soon as possible so that we can begin growing and begin um, making it a part of our lives. Um, you talked about how like you, you read uh, or you, you read it from a Devo book years back. And, um, and in my life, most of the time I, I read the Bible or pray or do that kind of thing. Um, but, but just recently, we've, me and my wife bought um, the same devotional book and we've been doing that just to kind of mix it up because it's just kind of like like uh, working out sometimes you get tired of a routine and you just need something to 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 kind of reactivate your passion and get you excited again and so you do something different and, and it's the same thing with spending time with god there's not just one way to spend time with god there's not one right way to spend time with god there's tons of ways so what are some of your favorite ways to spend time with god besides simply reading the bible Um, So for me, it has a lot to do with worship music, not just listening to it, but um, focusing on what the words say and what the meaning is, because a while ago I got to a point where I would just have worship music on in the background and it would kind of lose its meaning in a way. And so recently I've been focusing more on just listening to the worship music and um, focusing on what it says about God. And a lot of them have this reminder that like God is for you and he loves you. And just having that reminder is one of the ways that I really focus on my relationship with him. 
Uh, I would say the same kind of thing, that worship music is one of my favorite ways. And I always listen to it, well, not always, but most of the time when I'm walking to my classes, because where I'm going to do like a 15, 20-minute walk, it like kind of changes my mindset of when I'm going to enter that class or the place that I'm going to get. And another way that I've recently really enjoyed spending time with God is through podcasts of just hearing other people's point of view on a topic. And it could be something that I've heard a bunch of times or something that I've never really thought of. And so just being able to like hear other people's perspective of the word. Yeah, and I think, um, I think what Kylie just said about how she listens to music on her way to a class, like I think sometimes we get stuck in like the only thing I can do with spending one-on-one time with God has to be like, like right when I get up and it has to be 30 minutes and it just has to be like this exact way. But the reality is you can do that and you should do that, but there's, there's also the ability to spend one-on-one time with God just as you pray as you're walking or, or listening to music while um, you're, you're working out or, or even doing homework or something like that and still be able to like have God speaking to you in, in more of a just kind of like normal way of just like, hey, I'm just hanging out, but like, I have this little bit of time while I'm driving, or I have this little bit of time while I'm working out, and I can still have God speak to me through that. Um, and, and a lot of times, like like Kylie was saying, like people had told her, like, "Oh, well, you're supposed to have quiet time in the morning." And um, a lot of times, we get stuck in this in this idea that like there's a certain equation, like there's a way that you have to spend time with God, and it's like you have to do it at this time because. I don't know, your pastor does or something, or you have to, you have to read this book of the Bible, or you have to do, do it this way or for this long. And like this, this, this exact like formula that we do every single time. Um, and, and that's, that's simply not the reality. Like there's so many different ways we can spend time with God and there's so many ways he can speak to us and, and we can change it up and do it at different times and all that kind of stuff. But saying all that, it is good to have a, a general habit and a time and a place Um, So what have you guys found works for you for your time and place? Um, So for me, I'm not a morning person. And like you said, a lot of the times I would hear people say, oh, I do quiet time in the morning. And so I would think I need to do quiet time in the morning. And that's one of the main reasons in middle school I wasn't super consistent because I tried to do it in the morning and then wasn't um, passionate about wanting to do it. And so I lost that consistency. But then as I realized that it doesn't really matter what time you do it as long as you are doing it. I started doing it more at night in my room whenever I was <clears throat> either about to go to bed or just got home from school. And that really helped me just to have that set time to um, have that relationship with him. Uh, I would say the same kind of thing. It's mostly valuing the consistency of it versus the given time period, which kind of took me some time to figure out. Um, like Caleb, when I was in high school, I did my quiet time after school, after I got done with sports and my homework, and I had like a set time in the afternoon and a certain space that I was going to use it. Um, but then as I transitioned to college, when I had more time on my hands, I was able to try to figure out what works best for me and then reframe my time and like just continue to be consistent in that time period. And that would be like in the morning, I would make a cup of coffee, then get back in bed, set my timer on my phone and put my phone aside and just like have that time every day. Yeah, and I think, I think for me, I don't personally have um, a specific place every time, but but I think the very, the very, very, the most important thing about time and place is that you find a place where you're not distracted, where you're not distracted by people walking around or talking to you, by you're not, you don't have your phone right there, or you're not watching TV or listening to 
uh, a podcast or, or whatever. Like, like, I think so many times we're so distracted that we can't hear from God. We can't really focus on God. And so one of the best things you can do to really get something out of your one-on-one time with God is to do it in a place where you're not distracted. And that might be different for all of us, but um, generally being alone, being in a place that's quiet, being in a place where you don't have your phone right next to you or any other technology is helpful because um, we don't study well, we don't learn well, we don't do really anything that's really important and takes a lot of mental thought very well when we're distracted. So we want to we at least have a place that's, dis- that's distraction-free where we can be alert and not falling asleep and all that kind of stuff. Um, Kylie, you, you have the unique perspective of being in college and being a recent graduate from high school and from uh, this student ministry. And so you've gone through that transition from high school to life after high school. And um, what has, how has quiet time worked for you in college and how has it helped you in college? Um, So I'd say that transition was not an easy one in the first place, but I'm so glad that I had the foundation of United and Life Groups and Quiet Time. And so as I kind of touched on earlier, my quiet time changed from high school to college. And it was kind of me figuring out how I wanted to spend my time because I had so much time. But since I had that foundation in high school of like, okay, there was consistency behind it. I knew what I was doing, how I was going to do it. Um, It was just me morphing that to the amount of time that they had and the new lifestyle that I had. So it's been beneficial to help me with that transition and like still have a church community away from home because finding a college or finding a church at college can be difficult. And it was at first because I wanted to find a beach away from home. Um, But knowing that beach is a place and it's the people and the relationship with God that I built from that place and that was still with me and I could grow in that in my quiet time, even if I was at school. Yeah, and I think the really important thing for our students to understand is that um, Kylie didn't just turn it on when she got to college and like, can that happen? Sure, but the reality is if, if you don't do it in middle school and high school, Like you're probably not gonna do it when you're out on your own and you have all the choices that you wanna make and all that kind of stuff. Um, But if you can do it when you're so busy and and your life is so structured in high school, and if you can find time for God, um, you will will be really successful at continuing to do it when you get to college because you'll have more time, you'll have more freedom, um, you'll generally be involved in less things and um, and so if you can start that habit now, that's why it's so important. You don't want to just say, I'll do it later. I'll do it once I'm married. I'll do it once I'm an adult. Like start it now because it will benefit you now, but it will also benefit you when you go through those transitions and when you're, you're getting into places that you're not, that you're new to, that you don't know what to do, that like you'll have that, like that foundation of that time with God that kind of follows you throughout your life. Um, what is your favorite thing about the Bible? Just in general, what's your favorite thing about the Bible? It could be your favorite book. It could be like your favorite quality about the Bible. Um, but what's your favorite thing about the Bible? Um, for me, it would probably be the fact that you can get something out of it pretty much no matter where you are in life and how a lot of the times when you're reading it, you can get something different out at different points in your life. Um, like I'll read a passage and I'll find joy in it whenever I'm in like a joyous place in my life or I'll find comfort in it whenever I'm going through something tough and I think that's really cool about the Bible that it's not just something that always has one specific meaning. Mm-hmm. 
you stole my thoughts. Um, I would say the same kind of thing that it's just one book, but it can apply to different aspects of your life at different times. And that I could read the same passage like five different times, but get something different out of it at a different time or hear someone talk about the same verse in a different way that I never thought of before. Yeah, I've heard, um, I've heard a million sermons on like the Good Samaritan, but like you can, you can get something different from it every single time. And I think when I was little, I'd have like, you know, holy adults that would be like, oh, it's the word of God and it changed your life. And I was like, I don't really get it. It's like, it's just a book. But the more that I've read it, I've realized like, like Caleb and Kylie said, like it relates to us in different aspects of our life, different stages of our life. Sometimes you're going through good things and, and you read it and, and it relates to that. Sometimes you're going through bad things and it comforts you in that. And, um, and sometimes you just notice different phrases and different words and they, they, and you'll feel like, like I literally read things that I've, I know I've read a bunch of times and I'll read them still today. And I'll be like, I feel like I've never even read that. Like, because it's so new and God makes it new. Um, and sometimes it just, like Kylie said, like, and, and Caleb said, like, it just hits you like in a different part of your life. And, and you could read something like the Jesus and the woman at the well. And when you're, you're younger, you might read it and be like, oh, like, okay, he, he, he talked to this lady at the well. But when you get older, um, you start to realize, wow, like he crossed all these lines in their culture. And maybe, maybe if you read it today, you would read it and, and think about what's going on in our nation and what's going on with racial injustice and racism and, um, and police brutality and, and things like that. And you read it and you could be like, oh, wow, like I see now a new side of what Jesus was doing here. Like he was, he was a man talking to a woman when that was not common. He was a, a Jew talking to someone of a different religion. He was, a diff, he was talking to someone of a different race, people that they didn't like. He was talking to someone who was left out by her community, who was, who was alone, who was like kind of an outsider. And he reached out to her and he loved her and, and he met her where she was at. And like, I need to do the same. And that's kind of like, like the answer for for, you know, racism and all that kind of stuff. And, and if you read it a year ago, it wouldn't have meant all that. But now that you read it with what you're seeing on Instagram and what you're seeing on the news, and it means something different because God's word is alive and active and it can change people 2,000 years ago. It will change people 2,000 years in the future. And so that, that's the, the best thing about the Bible for me as well. Um, what do you guys do when you don't understand something? Because we all read the Bible and we're like, I, I have no idea what that means. I don't even know how to pronounce it. What do you do when you don't understand something? Um, for me, the first thing I'll do is write it down and put like a little question mark by it. Because um, a lot of the times when I'm doing my quiet time, I don't want one thing that's like stumping me to stop my train of thought. And so I'll do that and then I'll come back to it later. And what helps me a lot answering those questions is talking to someone who is further along in their faith walk than I am, like my life group leaders or my parents, and just asking them what their thoughts are on it. And a lot of the times I'll ask multiple people because it could mean something different to a lot of different people. So just getting that different perspective a lot of the times answers the questions that I have. So I'm kind of on the other end to where like I have to figure it out during that time span and I can't just write a question mark down. Um, so I'll sit there and I'll re 
read the passage over and over again and like slow down and break it sentence by sentence to see if I can like conceptualize it and make sense of it. And even if I, if I still can't, then I kind of treat it like a school subject that like I don't understand and use the handy dandy internet and like research that and try to see if there are other perspectives on that passage or that sentence that can help me figure it out. And then my last resort is seeking out other people that can help give a different point of view on the subject. Yeah, that's great. I think, I think we never need to approach it and think, I need to know everything. Like, we're always going to be learning. We're always going to be growing. There's times all the time when I'm doing a quiet time or preparing for a sermon, and I have no idea what something means. And, and we read. We Google. We, we ask other people. That's, that's great. And, and we should do all of those things. A lot of times when, when you hear people that are sitting on a stage, preaching a sermon, talking about something, it's very easy to think like, oh, well, they've kind of got it all together. They've like, they understand, they're, they're closer to God and they, they do quiet times all the time. And like, they're, they're perfect. I'll never be like that. And, um, and that's not true at all, ever. Nobody that you ever see on a stage talking about God has their crap together and is, has fully figured out everything. Um, and uh, and kind of to make that point, I want to ask a question. What, what is something that you are just not good at with quiet time? What is something that you get frustrated with, you just don't find that you do very well? For me, it definitely has to do with listening. Um, a lot of the times when I'm doing quiet time and reading the Bible or just sitting there praying, I want to force something out of it and kind of force God's hand to tell me something. Um, but sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes he just wants you to sit and listen. <clears throat> but that's not something I'm particularly good at because I don't want to have to wait all that long. I kind of want to get in, get it done, know what I'm waiting for. Um, and so for me, it would have to do with just sitting and listening and waiting for God to speak to me. So mine would probably be by being intentional with my time during quiet time. Um, my brain works a mile a minute and I'm constantly thinking different things. So truly investing that 30 minutes, that hour with focusing on God and the word versus thinking about like what I'm doing later on in the day or the food that I'm going to eat, but like really just trying to focus my mind during that time. Yeah. And I, I would say, um, like I'm terrible at praying and that's because I'm, I'm too impatient and it's easy for me to like read a a group of verses and write about it and be like, okay, like I did the task or I I finished my quiet time and prayer's like so infinite that it's like a lot of times that it's, it's intimidating to me and I'm just too impatient and too rushed. And I'm like, I want to do this and this and this. So like a lot of times I'll just kind of like almost run from it. Um, and and when I do it, obviously it's life-changing, but I just know that, that I'm not very good at it and I have to be willing to just sit and think and, and focus um, in order to really hear from God and in order to talk to God. Um, so the reality is you, you never really figure it all out. You never are, are, are perfect, and that's not the point. But the point is to, to be chasing after Jesus and grow closer to him every single day. Um, what's something that God has recently taught you through quiet times and recently taught you um, through your one-on-one interactions with him? Um, for me, it has a lot to do with the fact that he's not waiting for you to go through something to then pick you back up, but he's walking through it with you. Um, and I've been listening to the song, I Don't Want to Go a lot. And the whole premise of it is that um, I don't want to go if you're not there with me or if you haven't gone before me. And just that image of, like, I don't have to go through it alone, but God's going to go through it with me has just been something he's taught me recently. 
Go ahead. Uh, mine would probably be during this time span of being home and during quarantine and this whole situation of like focusing on God, but how God can help us get through it and how he truly has a plan for everything and he knows exactly what's going to happen before it happens. And so even in the chaos of the world that we're in, uh, like pursuing him and trying to be a light of like with your family and your daily interactions and like the people that you encounter when you go out and get food and just like really being intentional with your time because even though we're the world's all over the place of like trying to serve others in every way we can. Yeah, that's great. And then here's the last thing that I would I would like um, for Caleb and Kylie to do is for them to just share a little bit about just some general advice for our students, uh, for younger people about um, spending time with God. So if you if you were just kind of think about what's the the, the main thing in your mind uh, right now that you want to share with young people that you want to share with people that are just starting out with quiet time and just starting out or haven't ever spent time with God? Like, what would your advice to them be? Um, probably not be afraid to try different things and to find what's right for you. Because like I said earlier, when I first started quiet time, I tried to do it in the morning and tried to force myself to wake up early, but that just wasn't what I was good at or what I, my style of quiet time needed to be. And so over time, I learned that I need to do it later in the day when I'm more focused. And so just just to not be afraid to go out and try different forms of quiet time. Uh, I definitely agree with that. I would say just start. Don't be afraid of this big book with confusing words and just invest that time. And kind of like it's a way of learning like and studying. Of Everyone does it in different ways. You know you should do it. But until you find that way that clicks for you, you got to try out those different ways. And then once you do, it's awesome because you're really understanding that material and investing your time. And then one other thing would be to be accountable with the people around you. Because I know when I have someone else that is uh, keeping me accountable for reading my Bible or going to a workout or just different things in life, I'm more willing to do it and knowing that I have a commitment to someone else and not just to myself. Yeah, and I think that um, something that's so important is just to start where you're at. Start with five minutes. You don't have to do three hours. You don't have to be some great theologian. You just need to start with five minutes, five minutes a day and, and grow from there. Don't feel this pressure to do it all at once. Man, that is some great, great, great wisdom and advice. Thank you guys so much for joining us and for sharing with our students. We, we are going to close in worship. We love you guys.